Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to Apparently Speaking, your podcast for all things parenting. I've said this many times and I truly do believe it. Parenting is the best thing in the whole world, but it is not without its challenges. We can all use practical advice and reminders. And my guest today, child psychologist and father, Dr. Todd Cartmel, uses examples from his home and 20 years of professional practice in his book, Eight Simple Tools for Raising Kids, to help you maintain a healthy relationship with your child, develop a nurturing home culture, and correct behavior in lasting ways. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. This episode is also sponsored by Ohio Tuition Trust, helping Ohioans save for college. Learn more at CollegeAdvantage.com. Dr. Todd Cartmel is a clinical child psychologist and author of several parenting books, including Flexible Kids and Keep the Siblings, Lose the Rivalry, He's the creator of the Flexible Thinking Game and conducts parenting workshops around the country. Todd and his wife, Laura, have two sons. Welcome, Dr. Hartmel. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Miriam. It's a pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Of course. Yes, I appreciate it. So I, I read your book. It just anything, any parenting book or resource that, you know, I come across, um, I try to, you know, I'm always looking for <laughs> for more resources, and um, you know, I thought I love, really enjoyed the book, and so I, I really um, was glad when you agreed to to come on the show. One thing I do like about it, I want to mention. Um, we'll talk about it as we go through the, the episode, but you know, and you did mention this in the book also that you know parents are busy, and you know, all these a lot of things happening, especially right now. But this is a book that you can read. It is a quick read, but it's jam packed with really good practical advice, I think, and tips that you can apply um, right away. So that's what I really liked about it, too. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I tried to write it that way. And uh, uh, everyone's busy, as you said. So if you can get a little uh, some little uh, helpful nuggets in short doses, that's, uh, that's not a bad way to go. Definitely. I want to read, um, I think, like three sentences from your introduction um, that I really liked. You say, bottom line, if you're a parent who talks and listens to your kids, influences them with the power of your words, connects with them, teaches and encourages them, corrects them, and leads them through your example, then I believe you will change the trajectory of their lives. These are the tools you want to weave into the very nature of your parenting for as long as you are a parent. That means forever. So I really like that. And that really, you know, it's like, okay, that made me like, okay, I want to read what are these eight tools, you know, I want to make sure and obviously it's easier, you know, said than done. But like I said, you do give a lot of really good examples and, and tips on how to incorporate those. So the first tool is talking. Um, so I'm like, Oh, I'm good at that. Heck, I got that done. <laughs> but that's not exactly what you mean. So let's talk about that one a little bit. You know, it's obviously the way you communicate with your kids. It's, you know, one half of communication, talking and listening. And you know, uh, you know, it, when you're talking to your kids, there's lots of, you know, times, obviously, you're talking to them all the time. But, you know, in a, uh, in, in a, when you're talking or correcting or, you know, talking is the vehicle by which you teach them lessons, you know. And so sometimes I'll think, well, you know, what, what if it was flipped around? Like, you know, what if you were the kid and you were the parent? Would you want to listen to you? You know, um, and, uh, you know, uh, maybe the answer is yes. Maybe the answer is, well, sometimes. You know, so in the, the you know the better we talk to our kids, the more the more effective kind of 
talking style we have, then you know if we if you think about talking as the vehicle and then inside is the message you're trying to get across, well, you want to you know you want your kids to be open to that. You want to talk in a way that's going to help them receive that and not reject it. So you know talking is uh, if you have a good talking style, then you're going to be a better uh, uh, well, your relationship's going to get better. You're uh, you're going to teach more effectively. Kids are going to be more open to hearing the message in the vehicle. Yeah, and I like that. It's just a great reminder. You know, how would you want the way you're talking to your kids? And we all make mistakes, and you know what I mean. We all have those those times, and and have our moments. Yeah, exactly. But overall, you know, like you try. I think a good thing to think about is like, hey, would I want my boss at work talking to me that way? Would I want my friend talking to me that way? Yeah. You know, do I want my kids talking to me that way? And so if the answer is no, then again, it's, you know, then that's something to, to maybe think about. And I like that you, you know, you say like, be easy to listen to. And that doesn't mean oh. say everything that they want you to say, you know, that they want to hear. Right. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I, I, I think in there I said, well, you can be an easy to listen to parent or hard to listen to parent. Like, you know, which one do you want? And if you were a kid, which one would you want to have? You know, uh, you know, like you said, Miriam, if it's a boss, you know, think back to your various bosses. Which ones did you feel the close to? Which ones did you like? Which which places did you, did you like working there? Well, I would man, imagine it was the uh, kind of relationship quality and the communication quality that probably played a big role in you, you know, listing your favorites down to, uh, you know, worst experiences. So, yeah, you know, and the nice thing is, you know, as parents, we control that. Our kids don't control that. We control that. Yeah. So we can all be really good communicators and talkers if we just think about it and, and put a little effort into it. That's right. And we do control that no matter what, you know, I, I try to teach my kids this, you know, you can't control what someone else does, but you control how you right. respond to it. So same thing. Like even if your kids are doing something that frustrates you or is making you upset, but you're still in control of your reaction. Yeah. You know, you're going to recognize this line because we've all heard it, but you know, I've heard a bunch of times, you know, well, if they just listen, I wouldn't have to yell. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you you don't have to yell either way. You know, you, you know, our kids can now listen and we can still communicate, uh, you know, effectively. It's like who's following whose example here. Yeah. So, you know, that gets down to some of our other tools, even listening and 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 teaching and, and leading. You know, we want to set the example. And, and well, not just we want to, we do. And I'd say we do. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's a good or not is going to be up to us. But, you know, your kids will take the take their cues on, you know, what's kind of, what goes for acceptable communication in our family. Well, who, who are they going to look to for those? Mom and dad. You're exactly right. And another thing in the, your talking tool that I think is, you know, we're, we're thinking of it one way. And then another tip you point out is to initiate conversations with your kids. You know, it shows them that you're interested in them. Yeah. Well, that's a huge relationship builder also. Um, you know, uh, when you uh, when you engage first and you kind of start conversations and and then you ask them about their lives and, you know, and things that we all do. But when you do it kind of regularly or, you know, uh, that shows intentionality. And of course, you only do that if you want to. And so your kids, you know, they, they pick that up. And and so and so now you now you're getting in the habit of talking. I can that reminds me, Miriam, of, of a few kids I've seen where you know, they'll tell me some important thing and, you know, in my office and. And, and the first thing I, I wonder is like, oh boy, I wonder if they told their parents that. It seems like that would be. I hope they did. So I'll say, hey, did you did you tell your mom or dad that? And and they say no. 
And I kind of think, oh, geez, like, why not? And then they give me some answer that is kind of like, well, that would kind of be kind of weird or, you know, we're just not used to it. So what does that tell us? They don't really talk with their parents a lot. And um, so now talking about something that's a little trickier feels uncomfortable or foreign to them. And that's just because, uh, you know, of a lack of repetition. So again, the more we engage our kids, the more we check in, the more we talk about just their life and just kind of get that pattern going, then when there's something big to talk about, you've already, you've already worn in that pair of shoes. So your kids are kind of comfortable and ready to go. Yeah, that's a great reminder and, and great, right. If you want them to tell you the important things, have it, you know, you should have that back and forth always, you know, be comfortable with it. Cause then they know that you care about just even the little things, their daily life. And then they're going to be more comfortable telling you that the bigger things. Yep. And so the not, next one goes hand in hand listening. What do you think is the most yeah. important thing about that one? Well, <laughs> um, well, there's a few things. Um, yeah, well, you know, you're, you know, in, in one of the little chapters there, I talk about uh, kids being kind of like a dump truck and, uh, you know, dump truck. Uh, well, you know, it's well, it's it's large. Dump truck carries a lot of stuff. You know, mostly it's, you know, dirt and, you know, rocks or whatever they throw in those things. Um, so your kids aren't full of dirt and rocks, but they do carry a lot. But what, you know, what 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 are they carrying? They're carrying their experiences, their feelings, their thoughts, their impressions, uh, you know, their opinions, uh, all that stuff into, of course, to any parent, all that stuff is super important, super valuable. So it's almost like, not to be too corny here, but it's almost like a dump truck full of diamonds, like full of really precious cargo that you just care about a great deal. But the other aspect of a dump truck is it has limited capacity. I mean, it can carry a lot, but at some point it gets kind of full. And when a dump truck gets full, there's only one thing for that dump truck to do, and that is empty out. And listening is simply letting your kids unload their truck because they're going to unload it somewhere. And they may unload it with their friends or they're here or there. Well, you, you know, I mean, for me, for, for me and my boys, what I, what I would very much like is for one of, their, one, of, one of their favorite unloading spots to be DAD or MOM, you know. And so how do I do that? Uh, I do that by being a really good listener and by starting those conversations. But when they... You know, engaging first, but when they're talking, I'm listening. I, I let them talk first. I'm going second. I'm, I'm asking them kind of clarifying questions. I'm really trying to understand. I want to catch everything coming out of that truck. I want to catch everything. Now, notice I'm, I'm receiving. I'm listening. I'm trying to understand it. I'm not shoveling more stuff in the truck. That's later. First, you let them unload. And, 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 and by the way, and we've all, you know, in a sense, we're all like dump trucks and we've all unloaded before. When you're talking to somebody and you have the real uh, genuine sense that they are really listening to you, how do you feel? You feel valuable and important. Like, man, this person really like, hey, I'm glad I talked to that person. That person is a great person to talk to. I want to talk to them again. Well, that's what we want our kids to think and feel when they talk to us because we're really good listeners. Definitely. And I like that you mentioned, you know, listen with your whole body is one thing that you said oh, with your yeah, entire right. body. And um, I really like that. And that stood out to me like, yeah, not having your phone, you know, kind of one eye on your phone. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. and that's something that I, I'll find myself doing sometimes. And, you know, or like, you know, maybe you're kind of doing something in the kitchen or wherever you have your back, you know, and there, but, but really like stop and listen with your whole body so they know that you're really, really listening. 
Yep, I tell you, it makes a difference. And you know, just put yourself in there. When you're talking, you know how you feel when someone's really you know, valuing you and listening to you and prioritizing you during that conversation. You, you feel really important and valuable, and that's the person you like to talk to again. So if we want, if we want our kids to be talking to us, we want them to, to be really glad they did during those times. And then, and we, again, we want to be one of their favorite uh, dumping grounds, if I can say it like that, yeah. to stick with the dump truck analogy. Yeah, so, I like that analogy. You're right, because it's like, you know, you said, you know, if you realize that all of those things in there, every time they talk to you, those are little diamonds. Um, even if we don't think there, it's anything big, um, but it really is, you know, we would just really listen differently. And, and right, like you said, someone, if I'm talking to someone and they're kind of, you know, half into their phone or some distracted, then I'm just like, uh, okay, I'm not necessarily mad, but I'm like not really gonna, you know, I'm like, well, I'll just, <laughs> I'm basically talking to myself, so forget it. Um, sure, sure. So that's what the kids are going to do. And I think that's, I think it's extra hard now just with all of the distractions. Um, and we want our kids not to be distracted. The electronics are yeah. not, not uh, got a double-edged double -edged sword. You got to, we got to be really careful about those and help our kids learn the, the same. Exactly. Okay. The third one, influencing. Yeah, for, for sure. Just to be aware of the influence that we have on our kids. Um, uh, you know, uh, certainly we want to we want we want to influence them. We want to influence how they think. We want to influence their habits, how they talk. There's really three areas you can influence them. Uh, you know, you, you can really influence uh, how a person thinks or what they say or what they do. Those are even for skill building. Those are the areas you can work on skills. And you know, and and you know, how do we want our kids to think? We want them to think things that are true, things that are true about themselves. And we do that with our words. We do that by, you know, you know, pointing out, you know, their potentials, by pointing out their strengths, by, by, you know, how do our kids know what we think about them? Well, by the words we say. Um, so again, if we're pointing out their negative behaviors, they think, oh, mom just thinks I'm, I'm a screw up. You know, if, but if we're pointing out their positives, if we're pointing out their positive character traits, Hey, pal, that was really creative. Hey, hey, hey sweetie, that was really thoughtful. Um, you know, then, hey, mom thinks I'm thoughtful. Dad thinks I'm smart. Mom thinks I'm funny. Um, we shape how they think, and that's a big deal. Yeah, and it can also go the other way, right? You're saying all those positive things, but, um, and I've heard parents who I think, you know, are great parents, and they don't, they don't mean anything by this, and then, um, but kind of like joke in a joking manner, but they kind of, you know, criticize or maybe say negative comments, but like, like in a joking way, they're trying to joke, but. Yeah. 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 I've, I've heard uh, lots of examples of that as well. You know, um, just uh, again, not, you know, I don't really think it's ever, you know, maybe occasionally, but I, typically not meant in a, in a, in right. a negative way, but yeah, jokes, little uh, sarcastic, you know, uh, you know, uh, name calls, even that are met with a little bit of humor. Boy, yeah, I, I, I can think of all sorts of kids I've seen, whether it's from their parents or even other kids at school where, you know, people have called them, you know, whatever it is, uh, whether it's stupid or dumb or chubby or just, you know, what, whatever, whatever the little phrases might be. Um, I've been surprised by, you know, how many kids, even by, again, even with other kids to take it out of the parent context for a sec, uh, you know, it's like you hear something enough about yourself, you start to think, hey, is that true? And if that's true for some, you know, kid at school, 
how much more true if you hear those words from your mom or dad? How much more impactful are they then? And so, yeah, to be really thoughtful and, and, and careful, really careful with our word choices uh, would be a certainly a wise reminder for every one of us. Definitely. One of the tips in this section that I really liked, um, you said, your kids don't just have a negative behavior to stop. They have an important lesson to learn. So I really like that, mm-hmm. just not trying to stop if there's something you know negative going on, but take it a step further than that. Yeah, well, that's one. Of, that's that's a big trick in uh, in parenting in general. Uh, you know, if our kids, you know, you know, pick something if they're arguing about uh, t- TV or you know, what whatever whatever the thing is, um, well, there's something you'd like them to stop. Well, one of the good questions to ask yourself is, okay, well, what do I want them to start to take the place of that thing I want them to stop? I'd like them to stop arguing about the television. What what's the skill that I want them to learn? Uh, both of them, you know, if I've got two kids arguing about a, a television, you know, channel issue or something, well, I want them to learn how to, what, talk respectfully, kind of, you know, think of a solution together. And when you put it into that kind of language, then you've got something you can teach. You've got something you can talk about in a family time. You've got something you can practice together. Now you're, now you're rolling because you're thinking about, okay, what's, what's the replacement behavior or the replacement skill that my kids are clearly struggling with? that I can help them learn. That's the way to go. Yeah, I really like that. And it just it it just takes more time. So I think, you know yeah. what I mean? That's maybe the catch where some parents, it's like, oh, I just want this behavior to stop. And then I'm okay. Yeah, right. I've got I've got all these other things going on. Um, but right, just to, if you can, when you can, just take it that step further. And then obviously, you know, that would hopefully help stop that again in the future. Yeah, well, I mean, absolutely, you know, and, and you're right. It, I mean, you're marrying so right. It, it that oh, does. I mean, the other is, yeah, it just takes more time. You're, I mean, you're right. But you know, hey, you're a parent. This is what you signed up for. This is your thing. So do it. Exactly. You know? and, and, I like that. Okay. That's right. It does take more time, but you know what? That's that's exactly right. I like that. This is your the job that you um, signed up for, and it, and it really takes more time in, in the moment. But hopefully, that will, you know, pay off in the future, you know, the next time. Well, just, yeah, I think you just take the hopefully out of that. It does yeah. pay off. Okay, good. Yep. yep. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, if you spend a bunch of time t- helping your kids, and it's nice, and, and, and it's not even like, oh, what a, what a drag. No. It's quite fun. It's quite enjoyable. And, well, you, well <laughs> I guess you can look at it this way. You're going to put some time into it either way. You can put it on the positive teaching end or on the negative consequence end. We know, take your pick. Great point. I'll put it on. I'll put it on the positive. Yeah, great end. point. Because it will come back again. Then it doesn't mean it's yeah. not going to, but you keep doing that. You know, investing that time into the lesson part of it, and then eventually, hopefully, that will give you, you know, the results you want. But like you said, you're going to do the time either way. So um, I love that. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to continue talking about these eight simple tools. And I really enjoy it. So we'll be right back. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. 
Okay, and we are back talking with Dr. Cartmall about um, his book, Eight Simple Tools for Raising Great Kids. And we're talking through these tools and there's so much more, you know, so if you get the book, you'll see there's so many great examples that really would help you apply these. We're just kind of doing a rundown of them, but there's a lot of really good information. So we're talking through, we're kind of on number four. If we're going to get them all, we'll see with time, but this one's connecting. And I really like that one. I'm really glad you um, included this and made this one of them. And especially like the part about using your touch. And I think that for some people that comes very naturally and for some people that doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, I'm one of the people for whom it did not. Um, uh, and, uh, I was born, uh, I actually, well, I lived in Canada for a while. My, my mom and dad are Canadian and, um, uh, and they're wonderful, wonderful. Uh, my dad has, has passed on at this point, but uh, he was a uh, kind of a reserved, uh, wonderful, wonderful guy, but, you know, kind of a reserved guy. And so not a lot of, you know, uh, you know, over physical touch mm-hmm. kind of a thing going on. So I kind of caught on to this concept <clears throat> when I was in uh, kind of grad school, learning about kids and behaviors. And, and this just made so much sense to me. And that was right about the time our, our guys, our two boys were, were very young. So I thought, oh, this one like makes sense. So I'm gonna like, I'm gonna get into this one. So I kind of, um, again, not this not being a natural tendency for me, I just uh, jumped into this one and it's a supernatural tendency. So now it is. Uh, so it just shows, you know, it shows you, you can kind of, you can build, you know, you can change your tendencies and, and build your habits. But boy, yeah, physical touch. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to give them like a 45 second hug every day. But you can. You know, just mean, <laughs> well, you can. Okay. Oh, there's, there's the mom. Well, you can. I want to. But um, you know, uh, depends on the on the kid and the age of the kid and all that stuff, of course. But um, you know, uh, but what, what I'm referring here too are just just little itsy bitsy touches, a little squeeze on the shoulder, a little high five, a little little uh, little little uh, you know, a little rub on the back that might you know be all of three, two or three seconds. But the thing is with those babies. When you when you sprinkle them in to your relationship, um, even though they're small, uh, there's a couple of things about them that your kids naturally and and just intuitively know. Number one, they're not accidental. This is like you're bumping into them on the way to the fridge. You're touching them, and you don't have to. And you you are doing it in a nice, affectionate, short little dose way, and you're doing it frequently. Um, everybody knows you don't do that to everybody. <laughs> you know, otherwise you'd be put in jail. Um, <laughs> You do it to people that you love and people that you want to be close to. So again, because it's in, it's affectionate, it's 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 warm, it's intentional. Your kids totally perceive that as something you didn't have to do, yeah. but you did, and you did it to them, and you're doing it frequently, and that just is a giant relationship builder. Period. What if you have a kid? I agree, and I I think I think I'm very affectionate with my kids. They probably are like, oh, you know, please, <laughs> but um. If you have a, a kid that is maybe not as comfortable with yeah. it, do you should you still I mean keep on doing keep on doing you know what I mean or or what do you? What, oh yeah yeah that? I do yeah yeah I've I've seen that and now not super often but on occasion sometimes you get a boy or girl who maybe even physically has a little sensory issues or just a little uh, you know touches that maybe is intrinsically pleasant to them as it might be maybe more typically. So you just have to kind of you know do what's right for that kid. Maybe little little itsy bitsy doses are okay. Maybe they get used to it a bit. Maybe maybe again maybe it'll be very light. Maybe you maybe you offer a high five 
and so then they can do it so they control it you you, you know you find whatever way you can that works with your particular child maybe you're going to end up you know uh, going lighter on the physical slightly and more heavy on the verbal but you're going to find ways to do it and, and sometimes you do have to customize it uh but most 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 kids are are pretty 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 up for it good yeah i like that one and also you know you talk about avoid the time trap and get into their world. And I really liked this, this section a lot because I think it's just, they're all important, you know, but um, just as far as giving that time and, and also, you know, getting into their world is, it may not be something that you like or that you want to do necessarily, but it, if it's something that they like, it shows that, that you're interested in them. So maybe you have to, you know, maybe you play that video game or you do that certain thing that you wouldn't necessarily have chosen but it shows them that you want to be involved in something they like. Hey, I, I couldn't say it better. I agree with you hundred percent. You know, you can do it or not. Uh, you want to be close with your kids. You gotta, you know, uh, you know, if, if you got some kid who's into, uh, I, 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 I remember uh, <clears throat> one, one uh, family I was talking to and I think the kid was into electronics or computers or, you know, you know, how to build them and stuff. And, and that just wasn't the, the dad's area of interest. And uh, in our discussion, I just remember thinking like, yikes, I mean, like, who cares if it's your area of interest? Make it your area of interest. Mm. You know, I mean, if this is where, if this is something your kid's interested into, okay, well, guess what? So are you, you know, yeah. unless you just want to, you know, kind of a losing that opportunity. Like, what a bummer. Yeah, I totally agree. Right. It's a miss, missed opportunity for sure. Um, and have regular family time. I think that's really important. We always had, have, you know, it was always Friday nights, you know, when the kids were younger, so no mm -hmm. one had, you know, they didn't have a lot of stuff going on. So we always do, you know, pizza, movie, whatever, Sunday bar, you know, try to make games. And now that yep. um, you know, I have a senior in high school and so she does you know she has different things socially going on but she's still good about it you know she'll say you know this is going on friday so you know can we do like our family time saturday instead which is totally fine and i love that she still you know that she actually thinks about uh, it great. um and wants to do that so i think just because we've always done that that it's something that you know they enjoy and she still wants to be part of oh yeah well i can't uh I can't say enough about family times. I think they're just monstrously huge. Um, and you know, the two, you know, the, the way I, I, I think about them is, you know, the two simple components, one is some kind of fun activity. And then secondly, some type of meaningful discussion. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, uh, <clears throat> family times are just, uh, just a giant. Um, and uh, uh, there's so many things you're doing. Uh, you're, you're, because I, I remember our, our first family time, we said we did something fun, whatever it was. And then we sat down. And I just pulled out a piece of paper. I said, "All right, guys, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be, you know, meet, you know, having these little times every every week." And and I want us to make sure we're doing something fun, but they're also talking about things that are important to all of us. So let's and let's just. I have a piece of paper here. Let's let's make a list of some of the things that maybe we'd like to talk about. And and I of course I had I had a few things I, I could always think of. And, uh, but, you know, we got them involved in, 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 you know, creating the initial list, you know, what, what's important. We talk about, you know, friends or how to make friends or how we get along as a family or how to talk or how to listen or how we solve problems together or how we can be closer or what kind of family we, we want to have or, uh, you know, uh, how to share, you know, uh, you know, this, you know, you can just, you know, the list goes on and on. And these are all great topics. And, 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 and then we'd always end up with a little, you know, just, you know, let's, you know, uh, you know, maybe we'd end up like praying, let's say a little prayer for the person on your left, you know, so that's how we'd always close ours. But 
um, you know, the, the kind of, and then over, over the years, and maybe in our family, we might, we might do like a biblical devotion, maybe or something like that too. So we just mix all sorts of things in there. But Miriam, the, the thing that happened, well, remember earlier we talked about getting used to talking. Well, this is, well, you really get used to talking and talking about important things. But what, what happened then is over time, the, some of the discussions we would end up having in our family times about you know, how we're all important or how, how we're all valuable or, or again, how we're going to solve a problem. I don't know how some other family solves their problems, but you no, know, we get to control how, we, how we're going to solve ours. How are we going to talk together? How, how, how are we doing it at, at being respectful to each other? You know, this, a million like wonderful, awesome topics. And, and after every family time, I would just feel, I would just sit there and go, oh my gosh, like I'm so lucky. Like I'm like, I'm spoiled. I can't believe I'm sitting here with, here with these two, you know, elementary or middle school or high school boys having this discussion, like, oh my gosh, like how, you know, how fortunate am I? And, and so, so I, I totally know that some of the bonding and discussions and ways we learn to do things, they only happened because of those family times. They would have never happened just in the, you know, ins and outs of busy daily life. I mean, like maybe one or two, but probably none, uh, because life is so busy and it, it just mitigates against that. So uh, those family times are just unbelievably valuable. And they that's where you kind of create, you know, back to, um, if you remember the old book, uh, uh, Seven Habits, Highly, you know, Stephen Covey, uh, you know, um, that's where you create that family culture. In fact, one of, a couple of our family times were focused around, you know, uh, completing this sentence. Um, we want to be a family that, and then we would, you know, figure out, you know, that, that what? Loves each other, has fun together, respectful. And we took like two family times figuring out that sentence. And then one of my boys, you know, made a little sheet of it and we put it on the fridge. And then every now and then we'd compare ourselves. Okay, how how are we doing with this? You know. So again, unbelievably wonderful discussions, but they don't just pop out of nowhere. No. Yeah, I was going to say while like, you're saying that, I'm like, you had these wonderful family times, but you were also very intentional about them, which led. Well, yeah. To- I mean, yeah, how else are they going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Family times for that. You know, that thing I would say hands down, that's the number one smartest thing that we ever did, family wise. Yeah, that, that's huge. Yeah, I, I agree. And we also try to spend um, individual due dates individually with our kids. Yeah, and that gets harder, true. you know, as the busier you get. But we try, to, try yeah, to do that. They really like that. They really love that. Yep. And as our boys got older, like you said, in the high school years, you know, every week family times became, became difficult. Yeah. So it would be every other week, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you just, you just shift around as you have to. But still, it's a, you know, it's a priority. But, you know, uh, you know, it, it's. You know, kind of easier to pull off logistically during certain ages than others. Right. And as long as you're having them, like you said, maybe it becomes every other week, but they're still happening and that's what's important. So that's, yeah. Um, the next tool we talk about teaching and one big thing in there I, I really liked was, um, you know, emphasizing respect and it was respect for everybody. And it made me think of, you know, with siblings, I think some people just say like, oh, that's just how siblings are toward each other. And they're just kind of, you know, constantly tease each other and not that nice to each other. And that's just how siblings are. And that's what we see in the media and on TV. But I don't, that I don't agree with at all. And um, we've been very, that's something we've been very intentional about is that our kids will 
know, of course they can joke and tease, you know, in, in a joking way, you know, different things like that, but, but they will respect each other and not treat each other poorly. Oh yeah. I mean, and that, that's a huge family time topic right there, you know, in the book, what I call the family respect rule. And it's uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many things you can talk about in these family times. Um, <laughs> Yeah, in the family respect rule, everyone else in our everyone in our family needs to treat everyone else in our family respectfully all the time. Uh, that's huge, and then we'll uh, you know then we'll talk about well, what does that mean? Who does it apply to? Everybody. Now everybody starts with mom and dad, by the way, but everybody. <clears throat> and when does it apply? All the time. So that means all the time when you're joking, when you're playing, when you're happy, when you're mad, when you're grouchy, when you're hungry, all the time. Why? So, you know, these are the three points of the family respect rule. Number one, everybody. Two, all the time. Three, why? When our family kind of coming from a uh, kind of a Christian perspective, we'd say, well, everyone in our family is made by God. Everyone in our family is super valuable, super important. And, and not just to God, but to us, to, to ourselves and to our family. And so what do you do with things that are valuable and important? Do you leave them out in the grass? They're rusty. You throw them in the garbage and knock them around in, in the dirt? No. You treat them with care. And you protect them and you look after them. Or in other words, you treat them with a great deal of respect. So that's why it's not okay for us to hurt each other with when we're mad or if we're joking around or to say those careless, hurtful words. Why? Because because like, uh, because like you guys are so important and valuable to me. You know, Jake, it's not okay with me if Luke hurts you with his words. It's not okay with me if I do it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so, but it's not just some rule. It's because of how valuable we are to each other and, of course, in, in, in our family to God. And so that's why. So that's why that's that's why we work on this stuff. That's why, um, you know, there are consequences because because we have something valuable here and we're going to take care of it and we're going to grow it and we're going to protect it. That's the kind of family that we're going to be now. Can you uh, uh, I haven't met a, yet, a kid yet who wouldn't like to take a number and be in a family like that. Yeah. And, and every one of us can make our families that way. But again, like you said, Miriam, it takes some intentionality, but it's really fun intentionality. Yeah. You know, it, it's a fun thing to do. And you talked about flexible thinking, and I really like this. I know you wrote a book on that. I'm going to get that next because I'm really on board with you on this. I think that um, is really important. And I think kids today, a lot of kids are lacking that flexible thinking. Yeah, well, that's that made this the flexible uh, using flexibles as we kind of say it in sessions nowadays. That may be the number one thing I'm I'm doing in sessions all the time. Um, that's just a huge deal. Like you know, because you know, you'd say, well, there's so many times where every single person, where you know, every day where something doesn't go the way you want, and at, and at that moment, you know, uh, you're gonna have one of two things in your head, kind of a mad thought or a flexible thought. You know, the mad thought, oh, that's not fair. That's so stupid. Oh, you know, why can't I do it? You know. And those those thoughts control your emotions. You know, mad thoughts make mad feelings. And then in that state, it's much easier to make a bad choice with your words and your actions. And then the whole thing goes south. Or you can think flexible. That's OK. I can do it later. Well, maybe she didn't mean to. Oh, we can work it out. I, I don't always get my way. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. There's a ton of flexibles. And if you train your brain to think like that, you can just feel the different feeling and, and, and easily imagine the different quality of responses you make to difficult situations. So 
flexibles are the way to go. I, I think that's so important. And, and I think that would just make a world of difference in so many kids um, oh, and does. parents and parents. And I think then they're, you're, we're the models, we're modeling it. So when we yep. react and everybody, I, I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes, you know, when you have that other thought and your emotions and you're mad or whatever it is about something um, your kids are watching that. And they're also watching when you have that flexible thinking like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. And I always try to, with my kids, like, they're upset about something like, let's look at the big picture here and let's see, you know, is sure. this really going to be that big of a deal, you know, tomorrow or in a month? And maybe it is, but let's, let's see that first. And you know, a lot of times that will bring them down like, eh, no, I don't think it really will be. And so then that mm -hmm. really just kind of takes it down. You're totally correct. And that's, again, you, know, you, you have habits in three areas that can be built. Habits in how you think, habits in what you say, habits in what you do. And so this is a thinking habit, and it's a really good one to practice together as a family. You're right, it's not just for kids, parents. <laughs> parents are people too. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a great one. One great trick that parents can do, it's a really easy one, is to uh, what, what I just call think out loud. And that I mean, because you know, you're using, if you're good at your flexibles, you're using flexibles all day long. You just, you're using them in the uh, privacy of your own brain and your kids see the product of that. They just don't see the process. They don't see that you were frustrated because you couldn't find something and you used your flexibles and, and they, they don't know what that was going on. But if you think out loud, huh, where is that thing? I can't find it. Well, it's okay. Well, maybe I'll find it later. I'll use this instead. Know, then they're hearing those flexibles in everyday life and that, that's a really nice kind of a modeling approach for for them to see how mom and dad use their flexibles. Great idea. Yep, just to say it out loud. As long as it's your flexible that you're saying out loud. And that the other one. <laughs> we're gonna take yeah. one more uh, quick break and we're gonna come back and kind of wrap up these last three tools and so we'll be right back. So dad, what do you know about saving for college? Enough to be dangerous. Something about the start of the school year, I just get a little freaked out that we're not getting anywhere. Our savings account earns nothing. You had Ohio's 529 plan. Wait, I had one? You did. How are your student loan payments coming? I don't have student loan payments. <laughs> no, you don't. Tax-free, accepted nationwide. See why Ohio's 529 plan is the plan that can at collegeadvantage.com. Okay, and we've been talking through your tools, and I think they're they're so great. I really do. And it's like the book, you know, eight simple tools. They do seem simple, and when you look at it on paper, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. But obviously, implementing them, but but they're really not. It's nothing tricky that you can't do. I feel like every parent can do these. It just like we talked about earlier, it just takes the time and effort. You know, do you want to? Um, just to kind of you know the reminders. But this is something everyone can start. You know, today maybe you say like I'm gonna really I'm good on these. You know, I feel like, but you know this this tool and this tool maybe I need to work on. So you can really focus on those. Yeah, that's yeah, great, great, uh, great way to do it. Yeah. So your la the last few we have um, encouraging, correcting, and leading. Obviously, there are you know tons of things to say about those, but you know encouraging is just um, you know pointing out those positive behaviors um, and doing it you know often and their positive traits so that they yep. you know that's obviously anyone would be encouraged by that. Yep, and it's uh, one of those great uh, habits that's just so easy to simply forget to do. You don't really have to really talk anyone into doing that. Like everyone understands, you know, that's a good idea and it makes sense and it's been researched. So we understand that. And, you know, you sure like it when people do that to you. You just forget to do it. 
Yeah, or you get so irritated you don't feel like doing it. Yeah, either either of those. Um, so yeah, that's a great. Uh, uh, a lot of times I'll call this the pour it on technique uh -huh. in different in, in different writings. But um, yeah, it's a huge thing. Uh, it's, it's a very serious behavioral deal, and it's a relationship builder. You watch for the behaviors you want to. You, know, you you identify the behaviors that you want to see strengthened, whether it's uh, you know talking respectfully or listening the first time or whatever it might be. Kids playing along nicely with each other, and then you watch for those behaviors like a hawk. And when you do that, you're going to see them more because they happen. You just you just overlook them a lot. So we're missing. This is kind of what you call low frequency. Uh, low frequency doesn't help you. High frequency is great. So you, you have to really watch. And then, of course, if you're actually uh, practicing the behaviors, you know, which is something we mentioned earlier, then if you're teaching them and practicing them, then your kids are going to get more skilled at them. Then they're going to do them more. So then you're going to see more of them. And then when when you do see them, respond with the uh, wonderful combination of two things physical touch which we already addressed and then this thing we call a specific verbal reward which is just a highly detailed description of that behavior like hey pal i just asked you to turn off the tv and buddy you did it the very first time i asked you buddy that was awesome fast listening nice job but see lots of detail i asked you you did it the very first time hey or hey pal you asked me if you could do it in a minute hey that was a really nice way to ask that question just detail, and then you combine that with a physical, with a little teeny bit of physical touch. You do that with high frequency, which means you do it a lot. Your kid won't know what hit him. He'll be spinning around in a uh, circle he will love. And um, then, you know, and here's the thing you don't have to make a kid do something he wants that is enjoyable. If he wants to, if he likes doing it, he's going to want to do it more. Uh, and, and, and these poured ons make these these positive behaviors feel enjoyable. And, and your kid goes, hey, that was really nice because parental attention is such a huge intrinsic reinforcer. It's such a, you know, it, it, your attention is just so powerful to your kids that when you give it in these powerful little doses connected to these target behaviors, uh, your kids, they, they figure out the connection like really quickly because you're being so specific with your verbal descriptions let alone if you're throwing positive character words in there, even not just saying their behavior, but then throwing a nice character word on top, like, pal, that was really helpful, or that was really respectful, or hey, pal, that was really considerate, or, you know, those kind of things. Oh, my gosh. Then you do it high frequency. You know, your poor family won't even know it hit it <laughs> because your kids are going to be loving this behavior. And again, you don't have to make them do something they want to do. You're just making them want to do it. I love that. That's a, so, great, that's a great line right there. You're making them want to do that because of your actions and your words. Right. I love that. Oh, yeah. Just, and so then yeah. correcting, obviously, I, I like, you know, you talked about, you know, using your flexible thoughts, which we talked about earlier, and just your choice right. of words um, will help them bounce back from a, a bad day or difficult decision. You have that power as a parent and also your quick response. You, you run, uh, there was a story in there where you were talking about, you know, I think you, I think you used the example where a kid was supposed to, you know, turn off the TV or the video games, whatever it was. And it was like the, the parent asked them to do it. And then it was like 15 minutes later, they, they didn't do it. You know, it was like, right. you're saying, I think you said right. waited 14 minutes and, you know, 59 seconds too long <laughs> to, to make them do that. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all a big deal. Um, yeah, that just gets into, uh, you know, any correction, I could say it this way, Miriam, any uh, correction situation has really two components. It has the uh, the content and the style. The content is like, you know, what, what, does something have to be taken away? Are we doing a timeout? You know, yeah, there's that. 
but that's not really where the errors typically are. Sometimes you can think of a better idea, but um, but the, the, the really big ticket item is the style, the, your, your parent's style, which of course gets us back to our first discussion about talking. And uh, the way the way I the, the, a phrase that really helps me a lot for my own self is is in any correction situation your goal as a parent is to teach the right lesson the right way. The right lesson means you know whatever what's the skill do we need to be more considerate talk more respectfully say our ideas in a better way f get better at finding a a, a, a a solution instead of getting stuck on the problem uh, you know do we you know what, whatever whatever the lesson is lots of lessons but you want to teach it the right way with a good style that opens your kids up not closes them up but pulls them forward not pushes them back so the, your style your communication style your now that's what's going to be again like we said that that's the vehicle that's the bridge that the lesson goes across and if you have a good style then it's going to feel like you're teaching it like you love them and, and pal we got to learn this lesson uh because we just can't be hurting each other with our words like this and see that feels like that okay that that's see that's nice that's a good style as opposed to you losing control of your own mind and just lashing out your own anger well now you're you, now your style is getting in the way of the lesson so yeah, uh, teaching the right lesson the right way. That's a, that's a that's a parent flexible thought phrase that I use myself a lot. And then leading, I love that. Yep, and I again goes with that flexible. And I'm going to read that book. Um, leading again, of course, they're watching your example. You're modeling it. Just talk briefly about person being a personhood um, leader. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a phrase from John Maxwell. You know, he, he goes through, you know, you know, I believe it was five different uh, levels of leadership. There's lots of ways of kind of categorizing that. At the bottom was what he called a positional leader, just simply somebody who has the position. You know, just think of somebody who gets promoted you know, because they're the uh, owner's, you know, cousin or something. You know, whether they have the skills for the job is beside the point. They have the position, therefore they have the power. In that sense, every parent is a positional leader because you're the parent. So, you know, you got the power, you know, mm -hmm. period, uh, in terms of that parental, you know, you control whether they, uh, you know, play a video game or not. But the highest level of leadership in Maxwell's uh, language was a personhood leader. And that's a person that whether they have the position or not, the, the way they live, their, their integrity, just their style makes people want to follow them, period. And, of course... Not every parent is a personhood leader, and we, we, we want to be both. So we, 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 you have the power, you are the parent, but you want to live your life in such a way that your kids, in one well, sense, they really don't have, they have to kind of listen to what you have to say a bit. But as they get older, they don't have to follow you, but you want them. You want to live in such a way that, that your son and daughter goes, man, I want to be like my mom. I want to be like my dad. Well, that doesn't happen because you had the power. That happens because of how you live, how you've lived your life with them over, you know, so many years. And, and that happens if you if you want to say it in terms of the language of this book, that happens because of how you've been talking with them and how you've been listening and how you've been influencing and connecting and teaching and encouraging and the way you correct all those things, all those tools. That's what a, a personhood leader does, uses these tools, it just doesn't, you know, say, hey, kids, you need to do this. Hey, you know, like the family respect rule. Like I said earlier, in, in any family, I'll say in my family, in my family, who should be the person working hardest at following that family respect rule? I'll tell you, me. And I can't expect my boys to work on it if I'm not even working on it. So, you know, so when you kind of tackle it like that, you got kids who say, hey, I want to be like my dad. I want to be like my mom. Well, there you go. Now, but that's, 
That's how you do it. That's what a personhood leader yeah. is. You said when you're a personhood leader, you won't have to make your kids follow you. They will want to, which what a great, what a great thing that would be, right? Like you said, when they're older they and they have those cho more choices, um, yep. they would want to. And that just shows, that would just be such a, a testament to you and your parenting. Um, Dr. Cartmel, thank you so much. It was wonderful having you here. Um, I think it's such great information. And tell um, listeners how they can find you and your books. Oh, uh, the books, I guess, are on Amazon or, you know, any other place where you buy books. Okay. And, uh, yeah, my website is drtod.net, I believe it is, D-R-T-O-D-D dot N-E-T. And, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's where you find those. All right. And I, I would say get, get the book. It has, you know, along with everything we talked about, there are so many great, you know, stories and examples to go along with it and reinforce it. So I appreciate you being here. I think it was great. Thank you so much. Well, Miriam, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. This episode is also sponsored by Ohio Tuition Trust, helping Ohioans save for college. Learn more at collegeadvantage.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.